Welcome back to the Game Masters Academy. Uh, this is the show where we strive to help you make every one of your sessions great. Thank you for joining me. My name is Greg. Uh, if you've been looking for uh, just a library of tips and tricks, uh, if you enjoy theory crafting and world building, um, encounter creation, then you have found the correct location. Uh, this week, we're going to touch back on the beginner's guide for uh, party roles and the classes associated with each one. This is a continuation from an episode that we did a few weeks back where we talked about the different roles within the party that your character would potentially take on. And then depending on the number of um, individuals within that party, would determine the number of those roles that your character may have to um, uh, focus on. And so what we want to look at, uh, last time we looked at what those roles were, and this time we want to kind of take a look at the classes and what roles they are best suited for. Now, this is by no means a way for me to tell you that if you're playing a class and you don't fulfill a specific role that you're doing it wrong. This is just a way for potential new players to be able to recognize that if they wanted to fulfill a specific role, that there's specific classes that tend to excel at those roles better than others. So we're going to start off with the Artificer. Um, there's actually, an Artificer is a unique class in that the subclass that you select greatly changes the play style of your character. Um, an artillerist is an individual that is going to sit, uh, typically, it's going to sit behind your main frontline fighters and uh, attack from a distance, dealing significant damage. Whereas an armorer is more of your frontline fighter, um, a defender type of a role. And so it really kind of depends on your subclass to determine what it is that your role could be. Um, as a uh, artificer, if you are a armorer or a battlesmith, you're able to excel exceptionally well at that defender role. Um, keeping the rest of the party alive and healthy, drawing the attention of the enemy, whether it's utilizing the um, pet of the battlesmith or the uh, soft taunt that the armorer gets on attacks. Um, both of those could excel very well at that defender role. Um, battlesmith and artillerists can also ex uh, excel as strikers. Uh, a little bit for the armors, but not, uh, not as much. Uh, and that's just your typical single target damage dealer. Uh, the armorer gets a unique opportunity to have two different types of armor. There's the guardian armor, which is where you would kind of fall into that defender role. Um, and then also the, uh, the infiltrator armor can kind of give you more of that scout role, where they're specializing in infiltration and being sneaky, things along those lines. Um, and then at the very end, the alchemist is able to pretty easily um, get into the support role. One of the issues overall with the Alchemist is in order to utilize their potions, it takes a full action. And so it can be kind of challenging for your party members to know, you know, when should I sacrifice my action uh, instead of uh, hitting somebody to take the potions or whatever. But there's a lot of uh, unique uh, 
an interesting benefits that the some of those experimental elixirs can provide. Uh, and so they do have the opportunity there uh, to do that, as well as the fact that you can basically blow all your spell slots, which isn't great, um, but you can blow all your spell slots on making potions and then hand them all out. And so that way everybody has potions before uh, combat ever even comes close to starting. Uh, some good secondary roles for artificer characters to, uh, to lean into um, are basically the healer. Uh, they have a high intelligence. Most of their attacks are intelligence-based, which means that some of the uh, knowledge-based skills lend it to being uh, good as a uh, knowledge keeper, librarian type of a role. And then they have, uh, with their uh, spell list, the opportunity to get into some decent support, utility, and healing. Next is Barbarian. Uh, the main role that a barbarian is going to play is going to be that defender or that tank, if you're familiar with MMO terms. And uh, one of the things that's great about barbarians is through rage, they're able to gain advantage on strength-based skill checks like athletics, which means that they are relatively easily able to grapple most large or smaller enemies and then because you're grappling somebody else you're able to drag them around the battlefield and literally can drag an enemy away from some of the squishier spellcasters and whatnot within the party so it's really uh, a great role for them they do fall into the striker role uh, as well a little bit um the the issue with barbarians in general is poor scaling. After about level 5 or 6, uh, their actual damage output pretty much plateaus for uh, a considerable length of time. Uh, they don't really get a whole lot of additional boosts to their output. Uh, you're basically a, a pile of hit points that uh, you want to get in front of somebody else and just utilize your grappling and other abilities to deal damage um, as well as create the correct positioning for you know potentially area of effect spells things along those lines uh, due to very little um, skills and then also very uh, little that they can do outside of combat based on their class uh, it's very hard for a barbarian to fulfill a, a secondary role now you could go out of your way to build them to have the ability to do so uh, but in general you're looking at basically a combat type of a role uh, for your barbarian next up we're looking at bard uh, the biggest thing that i think most people associate with bards is that face role or the ability to be the silver tongue for the party um, especially an eloquence bard uh, you I think they're really the only thing that can rival um, the abilities of uh, just social interactions are a, a Fey Wanderer uh, Ranger, um, and that's uh, and that's due to just the way that the Fey gifts uh, work as far as adding your charisma and your wisdom together for your um, charisma-based skills. One of the nice abilities that bards gain is Magical Secrets, which basically gives them the ability to take a spell from any other caster's spell list. And so you've got a lot of flexibility to build a bard into whatever role you want them to fall into. With uh, the bard, the only real 
uh, issue that you're going to fall into is you don't really have uh, a lot of the AoE type um, damaging spells. Obviously, you can use magical secrets to gain, you know, fireball and start flinging fireballs around. But uh, in general, um, that's probably going to be the weakness uh, of trying to fulfill uh, any of those roles. But um, most of the caster roles are uh, going to be pretty easily able to be fulfilled exceptional at uh, support, uh, both options for support, as far as crowd control, buffing, things along those lines. Uh, secondarily, they uh, can fulfill any, basically any additional caster role. And that's a lot of what a lot of these classes will end up doing is you'll, you'll as a wizard or a sorcerer or something along those lines, you'll be able to specialize in a particular caster um, type of a role. Let's say it's a striker where you're doing single target damage or you're doing um, support with um, buffs and or crowd control, things like that. And then you can relatively easily fall into a second one uh, and then, you know, utilize the ability to do a primary and a secondary, both caster roles. Uh, the bard also has the unique opportunity to fall into some of the more melee uh, type things with school or uh, the uh, College of Valor, as well as the uh, Swords Bards, uh, College of Swords. Um, those two uh, subclasses provide additional uh, melee combat type of buffs, whether it's armor and shields or dual wielding, things along those lines to help uh, fulfill some of those roles as well. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Next would be Cleric. Um, the main roles for Cleric are going to end up falling into Healer. Um, obviously, it's pretty straightforward if you're playing a Cleric that they have the ability to heal uh, pretty well. But they also fall into a lot of the other caster uh, roles. Um they can pretty easily fall into blaster, um, AOE spells, um, you know, light clerics get fireball, um, and there's spirit guardians. There's a lot of other AOE type spells that clerics gain access to, uh, dependent on your domain. Uh, there's heavy armor, shield, and a plethora of, um, buff spells. So they could fall into the defender role pretty easily. Uh, though with only a D8 hit dice uh, and being your primary healer, I don't know that I would want to put my cleric into that role unless I specifically built for it. Um, but uh, it is an option. And then um, with striker role, you have the option for single damage spells. Um, and so you can build into any of those rel relatively easily. Uh, a cleric, a lot of times, feels like they're going to be two primaries, that they're going to be your main healer, as well as potentially a decent damage dealer or a decent uh, tank, um, and then have some great utility and support spells. Um, yeah, no, the overall the cleric is a pretty well-rounded class. Um, if you're looking for 
um, something that uh, can kind of give you access to a little bit of everything. It's a great one, but a lot of those options comes with a lot of uh, in-the-moment decision-making. So it, potentially, if it's your very first time playing D&D, it might not be the best option to start with just because there's so many different things that you can do. Um, knowing what the when to do the right thing uh, can be a little bit uh, daunting. But uh, great, great opportunity for really kind of any role that you want to build it towards. Uh, after that is Druid. Uh, main roles um, really fall into control. Um, things like plant growth, spike growth, elemental walls. Um, they have healer, uh, circle of shepherd, and uh, circle of dream can make uh, druid one of the best healers in the game. Great support spells for support caster with pass without trace, guidance, freedom of movement, nature's guardian. Um, and then... You know, there's a lot of AoE spells that druids gain that have a lot to do with nature, but a lot of them don't do um, a ton of damage. So, you know, spike growth is great, and it really can shut down an area, and so can Sleet Storm, um, call Lightning, but they're not going to do just like a, you know, snap your fingers, throwing, uh, fling a fireball, and, you know, do 30 damage to nine enemies that are all in one little pile. So, um can fill that role, but it's not to the same degree as, let's say, a wizard. Uh, so all of those are great. Um, and one of the nice things about druids, clerics as well, is because you have a known spells, uh, I'm sorry, prepared spells uh, mechanic, that means that you could roll one day and um, you could memorize the, or I shouldn't say memorize, but you should, you could prepare all the spells that you would need to be a controller and healer with some, uh, utility support. Um, and then the next day you could drop all of that, focus on support and battlefield control with your AOE damage spells and, uh, some of the other things like spike growth, things along those lines. So there's a lot of flexibility that comes into it, which kind of comes with the same caveat. If you're brand new and you don't know what spells are, it can be a little daunting to take on a class that has, you know, 80 spells that you have access to and figuring out which ones you want to pick so that, and again, you can change them up every single day. So that's one of those things where you can kind of build it to what you want and you have the freedom to change it as you go. Uh, but just be careful not overwhelming yourself uh, with all of the different options that you have available to you. Uh, one of the other things that um, Druid has an awesome opportunity to become is uh, a striker. So you could take a Druid that's a moon, Circle of the Moon Druid, which allows you to transform into beasts, um, significantly higher challenge rating than your normal wild shape, and really become a frontline melee fighter. Uh, and so, again, it's dependent on your subclass, and there are a ton of different options for that uh, particular class. Next, we're looking at fighter. Uh, it's pretty much what you would expect. Uh, main roles for a fighter, I, I would say the number one thing that jumps out would be striker. Um, you have the potential to do four attacks a turn. Um, most subclasses provide extra damage and extra mechanics. Um, very easy to fall into the striker role. Uh, you can fall. You can get into the defender role with you know heavy armor and some of the right subclass features. 
some great um, subclasses to kind of give you more of a tank build would be like Cavalier, uh, where you uh, gain the ability to um, basically provide like a soft taunt. Like if you don't attack me, you have disadvantage on your attacks, that type of thing. Uh, Fighter also has the Wonderbread, which is basically champion. All it does is increase your ability to critical hit. Um, so it is probably the easiest class in the game. You find enemy, then you hit it with the sharp thing, and then on your next turn you do the same thing. So if you're looking for the easiest thing that you could possibly play, a champion fighter is pretty much where it would be. There's not much more vanilla, um, straightforward type of a class and subclass than that. Uh, so although you can fulfill a defender role, it's a little bit harder for you to fulfill both roles of defender and striker um, compared to, let's say, something like a, a barbarian, where the barbarian's main ability for defense is a ridiculous high pool of hit points, and then rage provides them with um, damage resistances. With a, a fighter, if you're, you know, focusing on defense and you're, you know, wearing heavy armor and a shield and a, and a, a sword, you don't have the same damage output as somebody that's, you know, using a two-handed weapon and specializing in polearm mastery and great weapon mastery. Uh, so it's a little bit harder for you to do um, both of them as evenly. Um, my favorite class... But the one that 5e was not nice to is the monk. Um, you know, you can get three to four attacks per turn by level five as a striker. You got great ability to be a scout. Um, you can pretty f easily fulfill both roles at the same time. Your damage plateau and your survivability pretty much peaks at level five. Uh, and so it's kind of a struggle from there. It looks like in one D&D, they've done some nice things to provide a good buff to the monk, um, the monk class, and basically be able to uh, make them a little bit more viable. But they, uh, they're they definitely a struggle. Uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't play one. I actually am playing one right now. And I think that when we get into this idea of optimizing... Um, we can tend to forget how fun it can be to play characters that might not be optimized. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I actually am a huge fan of theory crafting and optimization. But um, there's also something to be said about taking a character and having their strength be the role play aspect that that character can bring as opposed to just their uh, combat aspect. So, uh, again, monks uh, have that ability to be striker. You could I, feasibly get into defender if you took the long uh, way of the long death subclass. Um, there's a, a ability there where if you die, or I shouldn't say die, if you fall to zero hit points, you can spend a key point and be at one hit point instead, and you get that at level 10. So you could technically survive 10 killing blows before they drop you. So you could possibly if you built it the right way kind of fall into that defender but it's going to be a lot harder with no armor and only a d8 not even a d10 a d8 hit dice to really shine in that type of a role 
As far as secondary roles go, um, we kind of already talked about for the monk that they can fall into the scout role fairly easily. That's kind of like your secondary. Uh, if you could specialize in that scout role and then your secondary role would be a striker. Um, but other than that, there's not really too many different places that you could fall into as a monk. So this is where we're going to stop this particular section on uh, the classes. We'll pick up the other sections in a different episode. I should say the other classes in a different episode. Uh, but realistically speaking, the as far as a beginner role is concerned, and this is something we'll touch base on as well, just because something is easily able to fall into a role does not mean that that's the role they have to fall into or the role they have to take. I had mentioned something about a Fey Wanderer Ranger. If you build the, the Ranger correctly, that Fey Wanderer Ranger, I personally think, has a better chance of being a better face than even an Eloquence Bard. And that wouldn't necessarily be something that would jump out at you that is obvious or a way that would uh, be something that would just kind of naturally occur. You would think that your ranger is going to be arranged, damage dealing, you know, potentially has a, a pet or other uh, different things that's able to do. And that uh, Fey Wanderer Ranger really falls nicely into a uh, full spellcaster. Uh, melee, using shillelagh, things along those lines. And I guess the only reason I bring this up is because I don't want it to sound like um, I'm advocating that if you're playing something, that if it's not one of the roles I'm saying, you're doing it wrong. Because I, I don't think that that's correct at all. I think that's the wrong way to play D&D. Uh, but I would say that if you're in Session Zero, which if you don't know what Session Zero is, there's an episode on Session Zero, feel free to look it up, um, and you're sitting around the table and you guys are all kind of discussing what it is that you're going to be uh, playing, I would recommend that you don't talk about the class you're playing and instead talk about the role you're going to fulfill. Because if I was saying, I'm going to be a ranger... And then the bard says, great, I'm going to be a bard. We feel like we're doing two different things. Well, but if I'm going to play a Fey Wanderer Ranger, which excels at face skills, excels at the ability to perform and persuade, deception, those types of charisma-based skills, and the bard player wants to play an eloquence bard, we're both doing the same thing. And so that's kind of what I mean when I was originally talking about how your role is what you do and your class is the way that you do it. And so when we are at session zero and we're sitting down as a, a group and we're really just discussing what the characters are that we're going to play and we were trying to nice get a nice spread of diversity of roles, we want to talk about the roles we're planning on fulfilling not just the classes that we're taking. I hope that's helpful. Um, I hope that uh, you all have a wonderful rest of your week. I uh, appreciate you joining me very, very much. Um, again, I have a Patreon. It's where I do uh, my outreach for um, polls or uh, just little updates on the content that I'm looking for. If you have any questions, that's where you can find me. Uh, it is free. There's other goodies that are uh, available for paired, uh, paid tiers, but um, come in, join the public uh, uh, Patreon, and um, feel free to have any questions that you may have asked there. Also, I have a Discord server that I am a server moderator of where 
we run uh, server-wide events and play online, um, feel free to swing on through and take a look at it. We'd love to have you join and uh, hang out with us. Um, and that both of those are uh, found within the description of the podcast and or within the About channel on YouTube. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, let's let the dice decide.